Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. It's August the 30th, 2015. We are your hosts. I am Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. Awesome. How was your weekend, Alicia? <laughs> be quiet. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to behave. We're on air. It yeah. was wonderful. It was long. It was exciting. It was mm-hmm. relaxing. Yeah, you know, because you got some of the pictures. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a much needed rest, but I'm happy to say down to the wire, I did make it back in time for the show. Yeah, I was a little worried. I was a little concerned. <laughs> You yeah. know, my my friend took a two-and-a-half to three-hour return time and uh-huh. bust that thing down to two hours. Really? <laughs> it's like, oh, we're home. Oh, so, All right. So luckily I'm not bailing you out of jail right now then. Yeah, because I was like, that. you know, I might have to call Will and say, could you pay this speeding ticket? <laughs> <laughs> I'm back home. It was for the show, but I'm going to need the radio station to pay this speeding ticket. But yeah. glory to God, there were no cops. <laughs> Really? And I made it well, back. That's good. that's good. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I, I'm going to ask you, how was your weekend? Uh-huh. But before I do that, I, I, I've seen a little portion of your weekend that we discussed. Did you? Um, yeah. I, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to put uh-huh. out a disclaimer. The radio station is not paying for any security. <laughs> so you if you want to put out a pick like that, you just uh-huh. have your own proper security. For all the people that are going to want to attack you. So with you that being so? said, how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, anything exciting happened? Let me think. Let me think. <laughs> okay. No, no, it really didn't. Um, um, relaxing, still trying to get caught up with balancing, you know, school, work, and then the the, the show. Um, you know, season two is off the hook, so we have a lot that's oh, going God, on. Yes. Yeah, um, luckily we we started with our wonderful um, intern who is doing an awesome job. Uh, Brandy and, um, Hines is Brandy awesome. Brandy, she's amazing. She's amazing. Yes. So um, she's she cutting makes down a lot of the stress. Yeah. Yes. You I know, I like when you're happy. That makes me happy when you're happy. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. But see, no, I'm not going to let you get away with that Will Strayhorn because uh, um, yeah. you're, you're missing something about the weekend. Okay. Well, I think you're talking probably about the promo shoot that I did today, um, which you. was actually just partial. It's a partial shoot because my photographer oh, he was he's under the under the weather, so we just did a couple because I have an event coming up at Hampton University and they're requiring or requesting a promo pic, a updated pic. Mm-hmm. So I just did those, but you know, actually mm-hmm. I'm still working on you know losing weight. The pictures that I plan to take, those are going to be hot. Those are going to be really hot. So, um, well, are there any worse than the one you just posted oh, on Twitter? Oh, those are close. I'm going to no, need I'm you got, to keep that to yourself. Those are, these are going to be some <laughs> nice body pics. Yeah. Oh, um, God. Yes. Well, okay, Definitely, from all the female to. listeners and all of my yeah. female friends, I'm just going to put the disclaimer out. Please don't email me 
Please don't text me. I don't want to hear any more Will Strayhorn comments. None. Because every time you put a little picture on Facebook, Mm -hmm. oh, Will is so cute. Oh, Will is so attractive. Oh, Will is so handsome. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Thank you. So that's all. Thank you. I'm just putting out that, that disclaimer. We ain't paying for your security either. I'm going to tell you all that. Right. So don't, <laughs> okay. be careful. Thank but, you. of course, the show would not be the same exactly. without our wonderful co-host. Yes, so we yes. want to bring them on now. Yes. Um, and, of course, you know, they're always doing exciting things and fun things all on the weekends. Yes. yes. So, you know, we need to, well, no. I'm not going to try to keep up with them because, you know, we got too much stuff going on. So, first of all, I want to welcome Danielle, and I want to know how was your weekend, Danielle. Hey, Alicia. My weekend Hi. was wonderful. So, my client is launching her company on Monday, Gifted Boutiques, and I spent the entire weekend helping her get launch ready. So, okay. starting tomorrow, she will be promoting her she has accessories, clothes, and um, it's accessories, shoes, and clothes for a cause. So she's going to be uh, selling some items and donating part of her proceeds to the domestic violence cause. So I'm really excited about her company, awesome. her brand, her mission, her vision, and I'm looking forward to her making tons of money and telling the world about me. Yay. Girl, <laughs> won't he do it? Yes. Yes. You know, I will add that little piece I forgot to add. That was the highlight of the week. Um, you know, Will, we always talk about when you, you're launching things, and, of course, you know how you are. You're always trying to do 800 different new things. Um, but I think that is the most beautiful thing about just walking in your gift and helping other people. You yeah, know, definitely. and it, Having the courage a, to walk in your gift is a real, is real yes. thing. Yeah, once you, you know, get that, everything else is, is crazy. When, but the reward is when they take a hold of that and you see yeah. them launch. I exactly. mean, man, it just makes – I've had that a few times. Actually, I think it was a few weeks ago, Nate Whitfield um, mm-hmm. interviewed Demarcus Taylor. Mm-hmm. And this guy has been awesome. You know, I, I've been keeping account of him. He's actually working on two books now and a few events for this year. Wow. So that's kind of awesome. Wow. Yes. So I, I love that. And Danielle, um, do people on the show get a discount for for your clients if we um, pay for well, that? The first week there's a ten percent discount. So if you oh, go okay. to giftedboutiques.com, giftedboutiques.com tomorrow, you get ten percent off of anything that you buy on the site, as well as you're okay. also donating ten percent to the domestic violence call. So you're but saving you some money while helping some people. Exactly. You can't go wrong. You so go there. Use the shop. So, Will, Definitely. I'm just going to need an increase. And, um, <laughs> okay. You know, you could write that off as a tax donation. You know, exactly, that's given exactly. to Any particular number go. that you I'll, want me to run through to see if it gets approved? <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. Shay, how was your weekend? <laughs> I'm just going to go on because that, that's something <laughs> My weekend was fabulous. It was full of faith and family and friends. I had my cousin's Aww. wedding and a girls' night out and women's Bible study just started up again for the fall semester. So it was just good. Really, really good and refreshing. All right. All right. Well, let's see. How was your weekend list? 
Um, let me, my weekend was pretty good. It was pretty busy. So I stepped away from Richmond today, came to my parents' house, relaxed. Uh, my mom cooked me a nice home cooked meal, so I'm good. I'm Boy, good weekend. Did you go fishing? I'm blessed. I did. I went fishing last night, but um, the fish I caught, I had to throw back in because it was too small. Oh. Is that a law? Well. You have to throw them back. Yeah, I don't know if it's a law per se, yeah, but they make it like it is a law. So. Yeah. But you rip their mouth out and then you just throw them back. See, just, <laughs> I'm just trying to Don't figure out the that. compassion and all of that. Okay. Because you're making me first, feel bad for the uh, fish I ate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. So terrible. And of course, yeah. I say the best for last because I know he's gonna make me laugh. Nate, how was your weekend? Hello, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, this has been. One weekend, you know, I'm always in and out of jail. Well, I'm back <laughs> in this weekend, and I'm I'm glad they allowed me to be on the show tonight. I had to pull a couple of strings, but, you know, I'm here, and I, I hope that, you know, that some of your good, you know, can rub off on me that one day I, too, can just live <laughs> so as graciously as the rest of you guys do, because <laughs> this life that I'm living, you know, it gets hard after a while, you know, but it's good to see my friends. TJ, what's up? You know what? It's good to see my <laughs> friends on the inside. <laughs> on that level, I have a little mini, I'm just going to do a little mini story. Um, Speaking of jail, Nate, I thought I was going to join you this morning mm-hmm. um, as we were checking out of the hotel. Um, let's just say there were some issues, and um, my driver had to actually call the cops. And mm. I was I was an innocent victim, so all I did was come out of my room with my with my you know little luggage. Okay, we about to go back to the family reunion, and I'm just like everybody just standing around. I said, okay, the police, what happened? But fortunately, see, God is good, and this is some encouragement to you, Nate. Um, when all the fussing and fight was going on, I was in my room. And when I came out, all the argument, dispute, the cops and everything, that was finished. So, see, I, 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 I didn't get in all of that. So, see, God will make a way. God will make a way for you, Nate. You're going to get released. Even if it's just the work release program, you're going to get released one day. So, hang Thank in there, my so brother. I will. I'll put some money on your canteen. Please do. I need lots okay. of money on my canteen. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I know now they're requiring you to pay to be in jail. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to it, pay? The struggle will. You have to yes, pay. You have, you have to pay, pay. to it's be in jail. It's not free anymore. Yeah. I used to come to just to... for the free room board in the <laughs> night, but <laughs> it's not free anymore. So, all of my listeners, please right. send me some money. <laughs> you know what? Okay, we're going to go on to some other. To our hot topic section, session, and you know maybe we can get you a GoFund account, Nate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do a GoFund account. We'll have an episode on that, and you know we're gonna we're gonna hook that up. But um, well, you know when we did the confession show, right. the at season two, we 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 shared some personal confessions. We we gave some that you know the listeners wrote in, but there was one that I think initially you and I just thought might be a little bit too steamy for the air. Mm-hmm are too controversial. But, you know, second thought, we talked about it a little bit this weekend. 
you know, and because we said no subject was ever taboo, I think right. we should just read it. And yeah. since we have wonderful life coaches now that are our co-hosts, we're yeah. very interested to see what their advice was. But all I'm going to say is this, listeners as well as panel, please keep an open mind as I'm reading this because it's kind of difficult to read. But here it is. The title was, you know, this is the Dear Host letter. It said, I'm having sex with my stepson. It starts off with, I was always one of these people that thought it was disgusting to hear of older women with young men until it happened to me. I still don't understand how this happened. I got married, and I have a good marriage. I was blessed with wonderful stepkids, and we have a good family unit. My stepson has a problem with his birth mother, and the two don't get along. I realized from the beginning that what he was missing was motherly affection. I swear that was all I was trying to provide. We became friends and did everything together. I really felt like we were a mother and son team. I would even defend and shield him from his father's punishments. He shared secrets with me, became a gentler child. He used to be very angry and defensive, and I really started to see how he came out of his shell. He's a bright young man, and I was proud to consider myself his mother. Then things changed. He wanted me to hug him more, and he seemed to stay under me a lot. I thought that was okay since he was becoming a, a gentler child. One night, though, I went to kiss him on the cheek, and he kissed me in the mouth. I scolded him and told him not to do that again, or I would tell his father. I started to feel bad for scolding him and apologize. He cried and told me that he loved me, and he couldn't deny the feelings he had for me. I tried to explain to him how inappropriate pursuing his feelings with me would be, but I, find my, I found myself having feelings for him, too. There is no explanation. I shouldn't have let it go further, but I did. Now I can't seem to stop enjoying this unspeakable relationship that I have with him. I am scared that I'm not only damaging his life, but will lose my good marriage and family in the process. There's no way that eventually my husband won't one day find out, but I just can't help myself. How do I right my wrong without hurting those I love? And like I said, I first want to open it up to the co-hosts that are life coaches. Um, so, Shay, what would you say to this listener? That's a lot. Um, there's a lot in that. I would just... Yes. I would start really just by um, talking about the fact that everybody is capable of this type of situation. So we all have, like we're all human, and we all have these emotional needs and what have you, and it just sounds like there were boundaries that should have been put in place that weren't, and now they're at this place. So there's there's no point now where you where people aren't going to be hurt in order to correct the situation. But what happens is, is things like this flourish in secrecy and darkness. So in order to actually stop it, she's going to have to come clean. Like that's literally the only way. It's not going to be willpower. Sex is powerful. So willpower is not – that's why you see people – running after exes and running after their currents and 
tearing up tires and things like that, she don't have to come clean. Mm-hmm. And real quick, I, I want you to remind our listeners, you know, I, I introduced you part of what you do is as a life coach, but could you remind our listeners what your ZAP business is? I am an emotional wellness coach. So I help people identify their emotional roadblocks and give them the tips and the accountability and the encouragement and support to overcome them. Thank you. And the name of your business one more time is? For His Glory Consulting. All right. Thank you, Shay. Now I want to move over to Danielle. What would your professional advice be? Well, I need to gather some more information because I'm concerned about how old this child is that she is talking about. Because based on this person's age, if they're under the age of 18, there's some legal issues involved. And being a mandated reporter, I I would need to, to get some more information to determine if this is something that's reportable because um, you're causing harm to someone if they're a child. It mm-hmm. seems like she's aware that what she's doing is wrong because in her uh, depiction of the scenario, she was addressing that it was wrong, and then she made Mm -hmm. the decision to still do it. So I'd want to explore what made you decide that although you are aware this is wrong, you still made the decision. And, And focus on that because there's something in her psychologically that needs to be corrected. And she needs to seek counseling from a certified therapist to work through whatever that something is. Um, the the child is going to also need some sort of counseling because mm-hmm. you look for your guardian to be a guardian figure, not a sexual figure for you. And so she has changed those roles for that individual. So all parties are going to need some kind of assistance outside of just life coaching to help them um, get through basically (laughs) a mess that she she created because she was the adult. She needed to make the decision to not step into this. And it's difficult to not um, to step back and, and say, well, let me not address it that way if it's a child. Because if it's an 18-year-old stepson who's an adult, then my approach would be different. But being that this individual could potentially be a child, you, you're you an adult. So you got to make better decisions. And if you can remind our listeners one more time um, your business and your role in that. Sure. Uh, I actually have a nonprofit. I am a certified life coach. I work with youth and young adults on personal and professional development skills. And I also have a for-profit coaching and consulting company, Danielle Booth Coaching and Consulting, where I help individuals who want to execute their dreams, turn their dreams into realities. All right, now. And, of course, I want to hear from Liz and Nate. Um, I mean, I know it's wrong, yes. I just, I feel like it's common, though, like, I've been in school with people who have done this, so it's wrong, but, I mean, it's, I feel like it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. I, but I do feel like that they do need to get some counseling because 
when everyone in the family does find out, it's going to be a very big problem. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Nate? As a life coach myself, because you know that <laughs> no greater life coach than the one who lived these types of lives here in Dale and Nate. I know that it's wrong, and she's going to hell for what she's done to this little boy. And if she's out there listening, she needs to call me so I can give her some coaching on how to get out of this. And then how would you suggest coaching? You know, what, what tactics would you use to get out of this? The first thing I would do is I would tie her to the bed because... She needs to be whipped. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you got to get some of that bad sin out of her, and I got to whip it out. <laughs> and show her that you can't touch little boys. She's a grown man. So that's where my training would start because, see, I, wow. my, I went to a different school than Liz <laughs> and Danielle. My oh, certification no. is a little different. Mine is more hands-on. <laughs> There's more verbal. Oh, okay. So if she can call me, I would, you know, start some real some real therapy with her. Then oh, okay. after that, they'll talk to a priest and we'll pray with her. Oh, okay. After I beat you, beat the sin out you, we're going to go to the priest and pray. All right. Yes. All right. Well, she you don't need some praying. healing for her soul. Oh, okay. After I whip your soul. Okay. Well, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. won't he do it? That's all I can say. Um, okay. I guess I'll I'll chime in here. I agree with all of our wonderful co-hosts. But, you know, when we were reading that letter and it was written in, it is a common thing, unfortunately. You know, the first thing I thought about when I was reading the letter is go right to school. Um, Because, you know, we see so many people, and this has been, I would say, probably very prevalent in the past decade, so many teachers that are having sex with underage children. And, you know, sometimes it's an issue the teacher is, like, maybe a few years older than that student, or sometimes they're several years older than the student, and you wonder why is it just so common that the adult figure is able to have sex with someone that's underage and a minor? Where did the lines get blurred? Where did the boundaries get crossed? But, you know, somewhere in our society it is a very common theme. Um, I think Danielle said it. The one one thing that alerted me was the fact that there's no age on this child. So I don't know if this is technically an adult or if this is technically, you know, you said young man, but, you know, people refer to teenagers as young men. Um, So that is what I think bothered me the most. Either way you look at it, there's going to be some problems. There's going to have to probably be some counseling and, and things to deal with, not just the individuals but also the family as a whole uh, unit. But at the same time, what age is this child? So those are some of the things that alerted me. Um, and I agree with everything that everyone else said. Mr. Strayhorn, did you want to weigh in on this? Well, I'm just doing my fact-checking. I'm looking at the letter, and I think it's pretty clear that the person is of a young age because she said that he wanted me to hug him more. He seemed to stay under me a lot. I thought that was okay since he was a, he has become more of a gentler child. One night, though, yeah. so he, 
I can't imagine that he's 18 years old doing that. So he pretty much is probably younger, and um, I think that was Shay who said that there may be like legal ramifications. But Absolutely. I just definitely know that um, at this point, I think Shay also said that there's no other way but to come forward with it um, and just deal with what's going to have to be dealt with because um, this child is going to definitely carry some baggage from it. Um, yeah, I know firsthand he's going to have issues if it's not dealt with early on. And the lo- the longer he wakes, the longer it's kept secret. Um, his relationship with women, with people in general, he's going to have a a lot of um, hostility towards women. Maybe mental, physical, sexual. Who knows? But I, I think it's time that she comes forward with it. That would be my suggestion. Just deal with it. Yeah. And you know. It brings me back to an earlier show we had on who will protect our children. Yeah. Um, I want to say there's a wonderful organization called Child Help. There is a national child abuse hotline where you can report anonymously the situation. So, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about that show, people are so scared. If I say something, they're going to send cops to my house and da-da-da-da-da. But this is an anonymous line with counselors, certified professionals, not just volunteers, 24 hours a day. So that number is 1-800-4-A-CHILD, 1-800-422-4453 or 1-800-4-A-CHILD. You can call in if that listener is listening or that child is listening. You can call in and get a professional's advice, talk about the situation without having to say who you are, without having them come to your home, uh, without them reporting anything. So we do want to put that out there. Um, and any other listeners who might be going through that situation. Yeah. And you know, I would like to like, come pick her up. She can call me at 800. Oh, <laughs> and I will pick her up for free. Oh, Lord. 800 Take her to the end of the city. And so <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I have a, a brief comment to say about that because in all of our remarks, we were pretty much not necessarily pointing fingers at her, but she's at fault, which true. She's an adult. He's a child. But um, I was watching a movie. I don't know what movie. I want to say off the top of my head that it was Philadelphia. And the person had made a good comment. It doesn't excuse anything, but it opens up your mind to just think about it. Um, I think he was sleeping around with people who had given him H- who and, and given them HIV. And they were arguing at him, and he made the point. He said, well, you know, somebody did this to me, too. So we don't know what kind of baggage she's dealing with that made her do it. Maybe it was something that happened to her. Does not validate the situation. She definitely needs to get help. But I also think that she could also, in some strange twist of a way, be a victim in the situation as well. Because oh, absolutely. somewhere along the, the, the way, well, we don't know if this is a generational curse that has happened to everybody mm-hmm. in her family. So it just yeah. needs to be stopped either way. I go to ODU, yeah. <laughs> Honey, we know you're smart, and not just because you go to ODU, so you don't have to put your own head to toe. Thank you. You can yeah. put down the Liz, Liz, what's tonight's show about, Liz? <laughs> well, tonight's show, we're analyzing the cost of beauty or the quest of perfection. Um, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, ASPS, in 2014, the top five cosmetic procedures were breast augmentations, nose reshaping, liposuction, eyelid surgery, and facelifts. There were also noticeable gains where male 
um, males were having breast reductions, tummy tucks, and Botox injections reaching an all-time high of 6.7 million. So since everyone seems to be indulging one way or another, tonight we're just going to discuss some of the risks, the dangers, the costs, um, the preventative measures and treatments when it comes to plastic surgery. So we have an expert on, um, and we also have a patient where her plastic surgery procedures didn't go as planned. Wow. So you guys, we got to take a quick commercial. So right after this commercial, we're going to start that conversation And we want all of our listeners to know that you can call in and speak with our guests. Um, The number here is 713-955-0793. Again, 713-955-0793. We'll be back after this. Dr. Roberts about that sore in your mouth. Nah, I'm sure it'll go away. But it's been weeks. It could be oral cancer. Mouth cancer? Yeah. I read that it's more common in African-American men than in any other group. All right, all right. I'll make an appointment. Do you have a tough guy in your house? Make sure he sees a doctor or a dentist if he has a sore in his mouth that lasts more than two weeks. If it is oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services National Institutes of Health. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. My name is Tyler. I'm 15 years old. I was uh, 11 years old when I found out that I had cancer. I was afraid that I was going to lose my life. For Tyler, a bone transplant meant the chance to live a normal life. Um, If I hadn't had the transplant, I would probably have a prosthesis. But the transplant let me be a normal kid again. You have the power to donate life. Be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. To find out how, go today to donatelife.net. Welcome to Let's Face It. This is Danielle Booz. We're starting our plastic surgery expose with none other than Veronica J. Smith. Ms. Smith is a certified surgical assistant who received her master's degree from Eastern Virginia Medical School and her bachelor's in psychology from Virginia Commonwealth University. She's the wife of the rap artist Eighth Wanda. Veronica Smith can also be identified under her brand, Layla Premier. She is an inspirationalist in which she aspires to inspire others towards reaching their maximum potential in life as well as, well as help define their purpose. She currently specializes in plastic surgery and enjoys being able to help her patients overcome their insecurities via the gift of operating. Her tagline is, fire big and move beyond yourself. Please help me in welcoming Ms. Veronica Smith. Hello. 
Hey, Veronica, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. So your life professionally involves plastic surgery daily. Can you share from your expert opinion what plastic surgery is and why it's more than just a simple cut with a knife? I surely can. So a lot of times people mistake the word plastic surgery or the terms plastic surgery as involving some sort of plastic or man-made substance or material. Mm -hmm. Um, But the actual term plastic surgery comes from the Greek word plasticos, which actually means to mold or to shape. So when you are when you hear the word plastic surgery, you hear the words plastic surgery, it's really involving the molding and the shaping of one's skin. And it can also be synonymous with the term contouring, which also is molding and shaping. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of contouring. I see. Mm-hmm. I see how that that's different. How does plastic surgery affect one's self esteem? And what is the real different? What difference does it make in the life of your patients when they when they have plastic surgery? Well, I will say, as far as affecting one's self esteem, it truly it depends on the type of plastic surgery that the patient receives. Um, for instance, there's two types. There's reconstructive surgery, which involves repairing or reconstructing a physical defect that could have happened during um, the birthing process. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, a, as a young kid, you could have um, a brachial plexus uh, disorder where the baby's arm was um, maybe pulled too too tight or too hard uh, during the birthing oh. process, causing um, the the nerves to cause the arm to hang and um, not be able to be mobile. So, like, that's a birth defect. So that would be reconstructive. And tip if someone wanted to go forth with a birth def- uh, repairing a birth defect disorder, uh, that would be considered reconstructive. Well, the other side of it is cosmetic surgery where it's self-elective and cosmetic surgery is normally toward uh, aiming the patient toward a better-looking appearance and improving their self-esteem. So typically... When you're referring to self-esteem, a lot of times it's more so geared toward cosmetic surgery. A patient may want to enhance the way they look uh, via their, their chest area, so they want to mm-hmm. improve their self-esteem by getting implants. Um, they may not like their crow's feet near their eyes, so they get cosmetic surgery and uh, can have a facial lift done to loosen up those, or actually to loosen up the tissues near the eyes. Um, so I think overall, even if it was reconstructive, a patient could have had breast cancer. Well, that would be a reconstructive procedure. So the patient would most likely come in normally if they've had breast cancer, they have lost either one or both of their breasts. So a lot of times we have to go in and fill those areas with either some sort of uh, tissue where we transplant from another body part or Mm -hmm. we put in implants. So... I think both types of procedures really improve the patient's um, self-esteem because they feel they end up leaving feeling um, happier with the choice that they made, uh, feel more confident. So I think overall plastic surgery definitely increase, increases the patient's esteem. Good evening, Ms. Smith. This is Nathan. I'm sorry? This is Nathan Whitfield. How are you? Okay, how are you? So your profession is often associated with vanity. 
And, of course, we know about implants and lipo and, you know, nose jobs. Mm-hmm. But can you talk about some other unique forms of plastic surgery? I sure can. So um, with beyond the few that you mentioned, there's just so many pla- types of plastic surgery out there. But, for instance, I can um, name two. We have one where it's an eyelid surgery called a blepharoplasty, and basically it's eyelid surgery. So you could be trying to um, get surgery on your lower eyelids where a lot of people may have bags. Sometimes the upper eyelid patients come in with uh, puffy eyelids at the top. So we can perform an operation called a blepharoplasty where we will take tissue out from either the top or the bottom of the eyelid, loosen up that area, and then it becomes flatter. Um, That's another type of plastic surgery. In addition to that, we have an abdominoplasty, which is where you would go in, or I would, whoever, the surgeon would go in. Um, It's somewhat synonymous to liposuction. However, with liposuction, you only use these little probe-like tools called cannulas, and they kind of go in and out, in and out of the abdomen, whereas in an abdominoplasty, you would um, have an incision made vertically or transverse, depending on the technique that either the surgeon or the assistant decides to use, go in and you're basically trying to reach the uh, rectus, abdominus rectus muscles. That's the whole goal. So you want to get down to those muscles, tighten up those muscles, um, therefore flattening the abdomen. So that's another type of plastic surgery that's often done these days where people come in, they want flatter stomachs, they get um, an abdominoplasty plus liposuction done. And um, outside, those are typically those are cosmetic procedures. And lastly, another example would be a reconstructive procedure, meaning, um, for example, like I said, if a patient has had some type of cancer, uh, we a modified radical mastectomy is a diff, another type of procedure that can be done where this time the patient is actually coming to get their breast removed versus we put, we're putting implants into their breast. Hi, Veronica. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. I have a two-part question for you. Sure. So the first part is, do you feel that plastic surgery is for everyone? And then the second part to that is, um, are there certain people that you feel like should not have plastic surgery? And how do you identify those people? Okay. So the first one Repeat the first question again. It's do you feel that plastic surgery is for everyone? It's for everyone. I do not feel that plastic surgery is for everyone. The the reason being is that plastic surgery, just like any surgery, is um, a risk. It's any surgery, any surgery that anyone chooses to have, it's a risk. So although people may be going into enhance their appearance mostly, I still, I personally don't think that it's for everyone. A lot of times you have people who aren't trying to be very selective, how I say it. Sometimes you have to meet certain criteria. So, for instance, I'm going to use the example of somebody who's coming to get a smaller waistband, whether. So, a lot of times they have to lose a certain amount of weight 
in order to get that surgery done. Right. So um, I have seen in my um, very short years as uh, in my profession, I have seen patients come in for consults wanting, for instance, um, an abdominal plasty plus liposuction. And what we have to tell them, you have to lose a certain amount of weight before we can do that. And oftentimes, oftentimes they don't, they don't always meet that criteria. Well, okay. it's then up to the surgeon or the surgeon to decide if he, he or she is going to proceed with that procedure. And nine times out of ten, they will not proceed because it's a, then it's a liability because the patient may not, most likely won't get the results that they were looking for. They can blame the surgeon for that, although they were told beforehand to meet the criteria. Um, right. And then, so I don't, I really don't think it's for everybody. Again, it's just, it depends on each individual's health status. Um, and that just kind of sums it up in a nutshell. Um, and then your second question was kind of, you said, do I think there's people who should um, not get it? Yeah, how do you identify the people that you feel like should not have plastic surgery? Consultation. So working in a private setting, again, um, patients can come in and say, hey, I want to get breast implants. Um, one, uh, it's a few things. You have We have to check all their history. Have you had prior surgeries? If you've had prior surgeries, how would those prior surgeries affect the type of surgery that you're trying to get now? Um, so depending on if they've had prior surgeries, could determine whether or not they can even get that type of plastic surgery done that they're wanting done. Um, if they've had any cancer, if they have any cancer, um, a lot we have to check patient history. So, for instance, we uh, we do a lot of breast reconstruction at my um, at the practice that I work at. If a patient has had breast cancer or has a fam- familial history of breast cancer, we're very cautious about even distorting the breast tissue because if the patients say on their mother's side the mother's had breast cancer, nine times out of ten we would not do the procedure um, because it, well, I don't say we die. It just really depends on the patient. Sometimes we will not do the procedure if there's a high occurrence of breast cancer in that patient's family. Um, it doesn't, if a patient if a patient chooses, even after um, the consultation, the consultation, if they choose to proceed with the breast cancer, um, sorry, with the uh, procedure, um, it's at their risk. Again, everything is everything is up to the patient, you know, taking that mm-hmm. chance. But we just we determine whether or not they're a good fit based on family history, patient history, uh, prior surgeries. Um, that's all. That's what it is in a nutshell. Veronica, this is Danielle again, mm-hmm. and based on that, um, at your own risk, you know we hear a lot about horror stories that um, from individuals going to the black market to get black market mm-hmm. procedures. What factors do potential p- patients need to keep in mind when they're considering a procedure or a surgeon? What factors do they need to keep in mind? Yes. Um, they re- they need they really need to do the their research on that surgeon. They want to know 
how many procedures has this surgeon done? Um, and then once they know how many procedures that surgeon's done, what were the outcomes? Were there any infections? Was I mean, infection is the number one thing in uh-huh. surgery that you want to be careful of because um, even any bit of infection can cause what we call um, septic shock, and um, that can kill a patient. So a lot of times uh, they need to be careful of, they need to do their history, researching the uh, surgeon's history, how, how is their infection control. If there's a high infection control, don't go with that surgeon because they may not be the best fit. If there's a, a low infection control, okay, that's good. You want to go a little further into detail. Um, mainly, I would say one of the big factors is checking the surgeon's surgical procedure history. How long have they been in practice? Have they had any um, suits against against them? And then, and for what? What procedure? Is it this procedure procedure that you're going for that the patient's deciding to go for? So those are some things that they can keep in mind. So, Veronica, because most insurance companies will not typically cover these type procedures unless they are deemed, I guess, medically necessary, many potential patients are choosing other ways to save money. What is your expert opinion concerning these options? (laughs) My expert opinion concerning those options would be to avoid those at all costs. And it all goes back to you're putting your own body at risk of getting infection again. Infection is a big thing in the surgical field. Um, Because, like I said, any line of infection, something such as like MRSA, I mean, things like that can spread and eventually harm the patient. And as a a health professional, health provider, we, our number one thing is do no harm to the patient. So, if the patient decides to go to an unlicensed facility, what have you, or unlicensed individual, um, they're, again, that's their choice. I, my expert opinion, don't do it. Again, you're putting yourself at more risk for um, bodily harm. And, again, I am under oath to do no harm to the patient. So are there any legal ramifications Um for having these surgeries overseas but doing follow-up appointments in the United States or corrections in the United States? I'm not certain if there are any legal ramifications um, going overseas and coming here. However, I would say that there are. I, I don't know of the legal documentation out there right now for that. Uh, typically, typically, I will say that there has been, in my um, observations, there has been, a, I have had a patient who has had a procedure done overseas that has come into a facility that I uh, worked at, and we kind of had to work around somebody else's, for lack of better uh, terms, mess up. Exactly. And... Um, you can. It, it does depend on whether or not, again, the surgeon decides to take on such a task. You know, if it's been a patient that's gone, that has had work done overseas, it's all 
um, it is based on the surgeon's preference whether or not they're going to kind of clean up somebody else's mess. Okay, so Veronica, there are many everyday people that do not have the financial resources to pay for the plastic surgeries that they seek. And, you know, a lot of times they go different routes. So are there any price options or payment plans or alternate, you know, considerations versus going the black market route? There are. I know know, um, a lot of times patients, like you said, they can't afford the procedure straight out. And depending on the individual's financial circumstance, a lot of times there are companies will offer, depending on the the practice you choose to go to, but they will offer um, where you can make payment plans using a a certain credit card, they have, um, and then you have a certain amount of time to pay that off. Um, but it depends on the individual's financial background and financial status, whether or not they would qualify for something like that. Okay. And what options exist for those who need corrective surgery after black market procedures? Again, that would be dependent upon the insurance company. Because at that point, then you have to determine at what to what level and extent um, the the surgery that they had caused if it caused any harm to them. If it did cause any harm to them, then now it's an issue between them and their insurance company. Um, a lot of times, if it wasn't a pre-existing issue. Insurance company companies most likely will not cover that. Um, okay. And again, that places them in the category of now trying to finance it, probably on their own. So again, like I said, there was there is a type of credit card payment where you can make payment plans um, on based on your financial status if if they qualify. Veronica, thank you for all this wonderful information. Uh, I've learned a lot myself, actually. I, I wasn't even aware of actually what plastic surgery meant until you explained the breakdown of what mm-hmm. that was. Um, for our listeners, if they want to gain more information about you or your office, how can they reach out to you? Yes, um, they can reach out to me via my email, via my phone number. My email address is veronicaj1987 at com or they can reach out to me at 757-816-5780. I'm also located in Hampton at the Peninsula Cosmetic and Reconstructive Surgery Office. All right. Well, I want to thank you again for your time and all your information. Take care. You're welcome. Thank you for having me as a guest. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That was wonderful information to hear. I mean, I learned, I think, so many facts and so many things that, like you said, Danielle, I never learned, I never knew about plastic surgery. So very interesting. Um, but I want to tell the uh, listeners, uh, again, we have to take a com- quick commercial, um, but the phone lines are still open, uh, 1-713-955-0793. And if you have a question, you're just going to press 1 to be live on the air. 
And when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from an extraordinary woman by the name of Reva Black. Uh, Reva is going to share with us her plastic surgery experience and then some of the unfavorable results. Um, So we definitely want to take the time and hear that story. Um, You're listening to Let's Face It, and we'll be right back. Hey, y'all, Cedric the Entertainer here with Niecy Nash, taking a break from shooting the soul man to introduce you to Patience. Hi. Patience is a patient at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for anything because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. St. Jude won't give up until they end childhood cancer, sickle cell, and other deadly diseases. Because of you, there is St. Jude. Learn more at stjude.org. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? We'll look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. about your body and what did you finally decide to have done? 
Well, as an African-American transgender growing up and not in society with having the great deal of funds to have these surgeries done, living on the streets, homeless, um, prostituting, um, on drugs, um, it was the basic way that I can find that would get me the image that I needed to look the proper way that I feel like to gain the access to being a woman. So black marketing was the easy access. And as I made the money to inquire this, I went and had it done. But in the process of having it done, the results was not the very best of the results that I accumulated. So from 2007 up until now itself, um, I'm very disinformed in the face. I have knots within my breast. Um, now, I will say my body-wise is very on point, but over the years, just going back and thinking about it, I can honestly say that it is not a very safe thing to have because I'm also going through some medical issues with the silicone right now. Mm-hmm. I have had surgery twice in my face. The first time, it was nothing that you can really see the changes in there. The second time, there were some changes. But the, the epitome of really getting the finances to do these things once it's done, and most doctors do not want to perform these surgeries or corrective surgeries on you as well. So I had to find another transgender um, that went to a doctor that performed the surgery on her who also informed me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I live like this every day, and if anybody can go to my Facebook page, those are some of the better pictures because I had knots all across the bottom of my face. My chin is very huge, big cheeks, you know. So, you know, I just learned to accept these things. And coming from being homeless and out there and someone gave me the opportunity to straighten up my life working for organizations and stuff like this, now what I do is I educate people who think they want to have this done, or people who are having this done to try to discourage them from having this type of work done, you know. And you can't knock everybody because some people are just perfect. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there will be some complications behind it. So I live like this as a form of education and teaching, and I just decided to now to start getting some corrections done within the last four years. Wow. And you know what, Reva, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because back probably in the late 80s, late 80s, early 90s, um, hanging out with friends back in those days, there were, you know, people used to have what were called pumping parties when the, the girl who was out doing work would come through the area. they say, you know, such and such is in the area and she's doing work. Everybody would get the money together. And they would basically meet like in hotel rooms or whatever and she would get, do the work. And there was a time when I was actually contemplating whether I wanted to get something done just because I was stupid and naive. Um, luckily, I hadn't done anything. But I know I still have friends who were back in those days who are now dealing with issues with, like they had cheek work, which for years was beautiful, and now they've fallen, they've turned into knots. Um, so I, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about um, with that. But how did you select the person who you had do your procedure? Well, actually, I was actually starting to do shows at a time, and I was at a club, and the majority of the girls that was there already had the work done. Just like you said, when they have the pumping parties, um, they were saying, well, this individual was coming in town, and she does the work, and she charged very cheap for your face, and that was the first thing I have got done with my face. She's very Mm -hmm. cheap. And I guess the more the girls is, the cheaper it is. And then the girls exactly. who have previously have been pumped, they get discounted by the more the girls they bring. And I was one of the ones that they brought. So exactly. my issue was 
what, what my chin was, I had a, a very deep cleft in my chin, and this individual tried to get that cleft out, and it seemed like it wouldn't come out. So the more and more they pumped from all the sides up and up under, um, it left a deformatory once it kind of swells when they do it. But once the swelling went down, it was very, very wide and huge. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you know, I um, said, okay, I'll leave it alone. Then I went to another girl who said, well, I give this form of medication to reduce it. Well, when she tried to put the medication in to reduce it, it left a knot in my chin as well. So the deformatory actually just grew and spread it to the point of, oh, wow, what am I going to do? And then when I finally got the funds to try to find someone, it was like no one wanted to touch me. No one wanted mm-hmm. to even go in and fix it. So, you know, that's a struggle itself. They're trying to find the right doctor that would go in and fix it. But it's mostly from older girls that have been, you know, pumped, and, and they know these girls, and they get discount for doing it, so they introduce the new girls to it, and that's how it basically started with me. Exactly, exactly. So did, did you watch this for a while when you were in the room where – because I know back in the day there were people that would actually go, like, in groups and they would just sit around. So there was never anything that, like, triggered in your mind, you know, this is not nothing. I, this is not something that I should be doing. What, what was your setup when you went on? What did you see? What, what was that experience like? Well, there was nothing to see because this individual was kind of private. She didn't want anybody in there with her. Okay. So it's like you were the only one in there when the work was done. Okay. So, you know, assume I'm assuming by the other girls that I see that, okay, they look fabulous. I'm going to look fabulous, too. You know, I was just one of the ones that didn't get that fabulous look, you know, from this individual, you know. And a lot of people ask me, well, why didn't you report her? Uh, why did you do this? But I look at it as this. I took the initiative to go in there, so I was just as wrong myself by going mm-hmm. to get it done. Now, if I would have researched it or someone would have probably told me, well, even though this isn't for you or anything, but I'm looking at the show life and I'm looking at the street life and I'm looking at all these girls with these nice looks and bodies and, and breasts, and that's all I've seen. Okay, well, I want it too. Mm-hmm. So at the mindset I had, well, I'd not go for it, you know. And I'll eventually, be honest with you, the sad part about it is, even though I got my face done first and messed up, I went back to get my body done from the same person, which mm-hmm. eternally... Um, which, Malacca, it was great, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. in the long run, I really shouldn't have done any of it, and I would advise anyone not to do any of it. But, you know, like you yeah. said, back in the day, that that was the most cost-effective way. It was really cheap. So, um, And this, this was really before all of the transgender got really big in the news. So doctors really weren't accepting of doing that type of work. So that when this came along, and like you said, people would come through town, um, it was really one of the only ways that w- that made it more accessible to the everyday um, transgender girls, especially show girls. So I understand that. Oh, hi, Rebus. This is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go right ahead. Uh, this is Alicia Brown, uh, and I wanted to again the same sentiments that Will said. I wanted to thank you for coming on the show and courageously sharing your story. Um, But, you know, we know that under the best preparation, the best circumstances, um, you take someone like Kanye West's mother, who unfortunately passed away at her last plastic surgery procedure. Things can happen. Um, So can you share with our listeners the impact that this has had on your life? 
all has a great impact because I feel like I was one of the lucky ones, you know. And that's yeah. why I, for a while, even when I went to work, um, from being homeless to a job, I kept my face the way it was because I wanted to show people the other side of what it could be like, you know. And believe me when I tell you I used to walk the streets and get stares and, oh, my goodness, who is that? What has happened, you know. But the thing about it is, it's, it's, it's tragic when you hear about a girl that went to a pumping party and died, you know, mm, yeah. the effect that it has on the friends, the family, even it has an effect on some of the girls that pump. You know, I never was basically close, close to any of them, but I did used to talk with several of them. And, you know, the joking and things, oh, well, I'm just going to pipe myself if I'm going to leave, you know, things of that nature. And I look at it as a joke, but they were dead serious. So the effect they can have on you now is like you're taking a very big chance because I took it, someone else took it and didn't make it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's you, you, the family members, your friends, you know, um, if you have gay kids, it's going to affect all of them, you know. And this is like some of the pumping queens now that's eventually going to trial or have been to trial or facing time or halftime, you know, they look at it like, you're on your own risk. You knew what was going in when you get into it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's how I looked at it with me. I'll be honest. Wow. Even after my face was deformatory, I went back to get my body done. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking another risk. This person has messed my face up, but I'm looking at the bodies of that, the bodies of these other people. It's okay, I'll take that chance. But in the long run, in the aspects of it, I could have died, you know. So I look at it now in a, a, a more of a kind of, we have to look at it more of a, a, a really a health health issue because in the long run, you don't know if you're going to make it up off that, that bed or that table or that hive they're pumping. That's it, true. It, you, you don't know, you know. So now I wouldn't advise anyone because, you know, even with my family, they question me why I did this. Why were you, 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 you didn't need it, why you did it, and look at you now, you know. And the only thing I can say, well, it was a very bad choice, and I can't change it, it's done, but I'm still here, here living to tell about it. So, yes. you know, and that's all I can do is tell about it. And, you know, I was in one of the places where Atlanta, Georgia, before I moved back down to Florida, where it was just commonly everybody was getting pumped. That's the place, you know, and the pumping party, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been to some of the parties out there that have affected me, just sitting there with people that were getting pumped, even trying to express to them, see, this is what happened to me. Oh, this person is the best. You you have to watch how she does it and stuff. But at the same time, is it worth it? No, it's not mm. at all. And, you know, a lot of times when we're listening to um, the stories, the horror stories, we hear of all type of crazy things that they're pumping in people. Um, I, I know one, they said there was um, some type of grade cement that they were doing for the injections. But then I heard something here recently um, about there's some type of mopping glow ingredients com- that's in the commercial-grade uh, silicone injection. <laughs> uh, yes, I heard about that, too, and I'll be honest with you. I don't know who's listening, but if you are listening, tell a friend, tell a friend, and tell a friend. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. Um, there are so many ingredients these people are mixing up with baby oil and peanut butter and um, fix a flat. Um, um, the person who I went to said they had medical grade silicone, and they actually showed it to me, so I felt safe. Showed it to me. It was a clear, mm-hmm. a clear um, 
liquid, um, in a form. They got it from a plastic surgeon um, that worked at a hospital, and I felt like it was, you know, good stuff. But here now, lately, I'm having complications, and no matter whether it's medical mm. grade, whatever toxin they're using, it is not good at all. Not good. And not to get too much in your personal business, just what you would like to share. Um, on that line of educating our listeners that may be thinking about this procedures and, and, and going this route, can you share with them just a few of the things every day medically that you're, you you have to endure because of this? Sure. Like in my breast. I had the perfect breast, I'll be honest, which I call them the perfect breast, but now they are falling. Um, I have knots in them, um, like my behind. Um, silico- in my hips, silicone has fallen down my leg, uh, my oh. cheeks. As we were speaking of cheeks earlier, as the longer you have it, they do fall, so it's gravity. And what you need, what, if the girls say, I'll pick up, but I wouldn't dare get a pick up. I'd rather let them sag until I can get it out. So these are things. When it comes to the breast in my heart, I have issues with my heart right now because of the silicone. Sometimes my mm-hmm. breathing is an issue, you know. So these are things um, that's, that's very seriously. Um, I just went ahead um Actually, I'm going to have a biopsy done of my breast right now. and But the, the purpose of that and the reason of that is because of the loose silicone, because of the knots that are in my, my, my breast, they don't know if they're cancers or not. So I don't know how that's going to come out because now they're talking about they might have to remove the seal, but they can't find a doctor to remove it because it is loose silicone. So I don't know how that's going to come out with me concerning trying to get that done. So these are some things that are very important and that, that can, you know, your health, and, I mean, it can wear you down Wow. mentally as well. I imagine. And I have to ask this one question. Again, we're, we're not pointing the finger at all, but I know there's going to be listeners that are going to ask it, and you alluded to it yourself. The, the question that's going to come up, if you knew in the beginning there were there were complications and something wasn't right. And this is more of going from your heart, what your thought pattern was for anybody that may still be there. Why did you go back and further your request for additional work to be done? Finances. Finances. Okay. You're, 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 you're living your ability, and, and, and it goes back to when I was homeless, when I was out there on the streets working, when I was out there, you know, doing these things um, to try to survive, you know. And in order to survive at that time, it was like most of the men that was shrieking were like the girl to girls that looked like girls for hips and butt and, 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 and breasts. So mm-hmm. I went back because it was a situation that I was in the, um, trying to survive on the streets, you know. So at that point, I really didn't care. Because if mm-hmm. I did care, I would have stopped when my face was deformed. I actually went back to do my body and my breath. And um, and it's more my fault. It's nobody's fault but mine, and I, I can't fault anybody. That's why I live the way I live, and I educate and I inform people when they walk mm-hmm. up to me and say, what happened to you, especially the young transgender, the young gay people, and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm very open with 
what happened, what's going on, and where I met in my life. I'm very open. So, you know, I've been from Atlanta, Texas, Canada, um, speaking on these type of things here because the people have noticed me and they've heard me and they've looked at me and they wanted me to come out and speak to young people, even people with um, work that's even good, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just something that at this point, you know, I'm just very, how can I say it? I'm very educational. I wish I knew what I know now. Right. Um, well, I know now back then, I'll just be honest with you. Um, right. But unfortunately, I can't change that. So because mm-hmm. I can't change it, that's why I try to plant the seed and encourage someone not to do it. So, and it's up but to them. But actually, you are changing it. You're, you're changing it for the life of someone else that's right there. And, you know, that, that little thing within them is saying, maybe I shouldn't do this. But you have that drive for whatever reason. You, you want to go through with this, you know, even though you're questioning, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should pull back. Having someone like you come in and give that personal story may be what it takes to make them, even if they don't, even if they still do the procedure, maybe to do it in a different way. And you're so you right. literally could be saving someone's life right now just by them listening and then them sharing this with someone else. Because you know, it, it people take stories like this and they play the the you know the blame game. Well, you should have known this. Well, obviously that was crazy, and you should have. But you know, take a person that's looking in the mirror, that's maybe just looking a little bit older. Um, it doesn't always have to be an emotional problem. They might want to just peel back the the layers a little bit. You know, Botox has become so common, and. Yeah, you know, we believe a person should go to to a a trusted professional. Um, Of course, you shouldn't go to the black market. But, you know, sometimes when you're looking at the finances, and this is really important to you, you might go to that person that has that Botox injection party. You know, everything is not that much, you know, where you can't imagine this as something that the average person may do. Um. So, you know, again, kudos for actually sharing um, your story and and using this as a teaching and educational opportunity to help other people. But, of course, I have to ask this question. If you had to do it all again, and I mean just any of it from the smallest procedure, if there's just one part, you know, of your body that really bothers you and you you just said, I'm not going to do all this work, but I'm just going to do one thing, would you... Consider plastic surgery. If you could reverse the hands of time, would you have left everything alone or would you have done it? And if you would have, how would you have done it differently? Oh, I would have left it alone. And I would have waited and got the funds up properly, however, and went to a plastic surgery and had it done properly. Okay. And the, and, and I, I stress that because now, just like I say, it's hard to find doctors to correct something that uh, – a board-certified plastic surgeon didn't do. I mean, I went to like six different doctors before I actually found someone to even attempt to do it. And his attempt the first time wasn't even anything to help me, really. So that's how bad I was. Um, oh. It was the second attempt that I went to another plastic, different plastic surgeon that attempted to do it that brought the results out just a little bit much better. And I'm going back to another plastic surgery next year again. So... 
I would have actually went to a board-certified plastic surgery and had it done. Okay. And I imagine there's no way to prosecute those people for what they've, de- what they've done. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to prosecute the person who done me because I played just as much at fault in it as they did. Okay. Some people wow. would. I wouldn't. You know, I look at life as um, we know right from wrong. We know what's wrong. We know what's right. So I'm just as wrong as that person was. So eventually what I do feel like those people that are doing these type of things some type of way, it comes back to hunt them in some form, fashion, some type of okay. way. And maybe they may just stop it, you know, and have the person stop it. I don't think so. But somewhere down the line, someone's going to get hurt, and they're either going to end up in prison or they're going to stop. I mean, But me personally, I wouldn't. I played just as much part as that person did. Wow. Wow. Hi, Reva. This is Nathan Whitfield. How are you? I'm great. I tell you, I have been inspired just by your candidness, by your open and honesty, your truth. Um, it, it has really inspired me, and I hope it has inspired others and of our listeners. But I want to ask a question. Since you've lived to tell the story, what good or higher calling do you see resulting from this? Well, I can actually honestly say that I've spoken with some people who were going to have it done and have changed their minds, you know. Um, And I only think that to say this is because looking at me, do they want to take that chance, you know. So before I had any one of my surgeries, I can tell you I was wide and spread with knots all on my face and stuff like that. So even if you were to see me, you would say, what the hell happened here, you know. I would kill that person because they have come to me like that. Part of my language, mm-hmm. but but I think the truth of the matter with me was, in order to get that point across, that's why I never had surgery. I left my face and everything to that point for a while, for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was to show and teach, but at the same time, I want you to see what could happen to you if you do this. You know, exactly. And so it was. I found the calling for me, and I, I have to say it because. When I was out on the streets doing the things I was doing, I didn't have it anyway. And an organization took me in off the streets, took me into a home when I was homeless, helped me get off the streets, helped me get a job, working, I mean, a decent job. I became a director. I came a, um, I started funding a nonprofit in Atlanta before um, I moved to Florida. So, you know, these are things, that's why I say I go out to teach. I used to walk out there at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning with the girls that was working the street, giving out food boxes, passing condoms. Also... Then to look at me, especially because Atlanta was one of those places where the girls come from New York, California, and they come down just to work. And these girls just travel just for this type of thing. And I was known for that too. So in the process of, of, of meeting these people and doing this thing, I was giving them, look at me. Do you actually want to be like this? Stop. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, who did your work? I don't want to go there. Well, it can be anybody's work. I won't give that person a name, but it can be anybody's work is what I'm trying to tell you. So guess what? Well, girl, you're right. I'm not going to do it. Oh, my girlfriend was just trying to tell me we were trying to get this money up because the girl was coming through. We had five, she asked for $500 and not this and this. Well, don't do it. Save it. Do something different, you know. Get your hotel. Find a job. You know, get your apartment, but don't do it. 
And it has. I have reached some people, and that's the good thing about it, you know. It's a good thing when you can call me and say, I want you to come to this conference and I want you to speak on, you know, your silicone, you know. That means someone has noticed me enough to say, okay, this person has been through some struggles and we want them to speak about it. That's why I don't mind speaking about it. I like to be noticed like that. You know, I love to be noticed like that. And are you aware of others that this may have happened to? Oh, yes, plenty. Plenty. So with for our callers, I just want to stress this, our listeners, I want to stress it one more time. What's the greatest advice that you could give to someone that may be considering doing, you know, the plastic surgery or the body work or going to the parties to have this type of surgery done? What's the best advice that you would give to someone? I would tell them to really think about this, really think very seriously and hard. Think long-term. Think complications. Think if you was just just don't do it. Don't do it. Sometimes the struggle is hard, but I rather get. I prefer for you if you got to make ten dollars a day and take two dollars a day and save it for the next ten years. Just go see a, a board certified surgeon. Do it. You know, do it exactly. because the outcome of this now in the long run is not going to be cute. It's not going to be cute. At all. So, Reba, for anyone that would like to contact you personally um, to hear about your story or maybe to tell your story, what's your information, what's your contact information so someone can reach out to you? Well, they actually can hit me up on Facebook, um, which is Reba Black, or you can email me, which is Iman Reva at 10 at AOL.com, and I'm going to repeat that. It's Iman, I-M-A-N, Reva, R-E-V-A, the number 10 at AOL. Or you can hit me up on Facebook, which is Reva Blight. And the reason Reva Blight, Reva Iman Blight is my stage name. Reva Iman is my legal name. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say Iman Reva 10 at AOL, or either Reva Blight on Facebook. Reva, I tell you, I really appreciate you for coming on tonight. You are a living testimony um, for what you've been through and just to shed light and truth and give it a perspective. We really appreciate you for being a friend to the show and coming on the show and hope to hear from you again. Most definitely. I thank you all for having me and speaking my story. And I hope it reached someone that's listening out there to know that there's a better way than underground plastic surgery. Awesome. Thank you again. Yes, thank you. More than welcome. Have a good night. Well, you're listening to Let's Face It Radio. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, we're going to hear from Shay Malone, her special guest, that will introduce an often unheard of therapy that can not only be addressed in in issues of anxiety, sleep disorders, and other medical conditions, but can also reduce your plastic surgery recovery time. So stay tuned to Let's Face It Radio. I'm Sonia, and I'm a liver recipient of eight years. The doctors diagnosed me with end-stage liver disease. One of the most difficult things was the fact that I was not able to drive anymore. 
Life after transplantation is transformation. I have a very good life. I love my life. You have the power to donate life. Be an organ, eye, and tissue donor. To find out how, go today to DonateLife.net. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism. And we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio. I'm Shay Malone, and tonight I have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah Stoltman. She is the program director at Hampton Roads Hyperbaric Therapy Treatment Center. So, Sarah, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Um, Let's start off by with the basics. What exactly is hyperbaric oxygen therapy? So, people that are a little familiar with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, think that Michael Jackson slept in one or a lot of athletes are using them or divers use them for the bends. And those are all correct, but um, it's gaining a lot of popularity around the country. Uh, Hyperbaric oxygen therapy consists of breathing 100% oxygen under pressure. You're inside of what's called a chamber, and you're at simulated depth anywhere from 15 to 50 feet below sea level. When you breathe 100% oxygen, it forces the oxygen to dissolve into the plasma, and it saturates all the tissue, fluids, muscle, everything in the body to help promote healing. Oh, wow. That that sounds intriguing. So tell me, so I, I come in for a treatment, and so what do I do? So when you come in for a treatment, you're going to change and do 100% cotton scrub, you are going to be in an oxygen-rich environment, so it's very important that there is nothing that can cause any static or friction. Uh, we will take your vital signs before you go in. Once you go in, we shut the door. It's kind of like you're sitting in a small airplane. You have other seats beside you and other patients, and the first thing that you'll notice is that you have to pop your ears. So for the first five to ten minutes, every 30 seconds or so, you just have that feeling, and you can yawn or swallow. Uh, once you get to pressure, Um, You're going to wear what's called a hood, and that administers 100% oxygen, and you're breathing 100% oxygen for 60 minutes. During that time, you can read, uh, you can watch Netflix, or a lot of people just fall asleep. Uh, But it doesn't put you to sleep. No. No. A lot of people, though, if they're detoxing or they're just finally, you know, resting after their crazy, hectic life, <laughs> Every day, a lot of people just tend to kind of pass out in there. 
Um, once the 60 minutes is over, they will start to decompress, which is the same kind of thing. You just kind of feel the popping in your ears. You come out, get your vitals, change, and go home. And it's about 90 minutes when you walk in to when you leave. Okay. That's something I might actually be interested in trying, especially since you said after a hectic lifestyle and resting. <laughs> um, yes. What are the benefits? of hyperbaric therapy? Well, for pre- and post-surgery, um, hyperbaric can help the body recover 30 to 50% faster and help you return to your normal lifestyle a lot faster. Hyperbaric helps to reduce swelling and bruising as well as inflammation. Um, it reduces the risk of infection in the incision site. It has minimal scarring. What, what you would typically, let's say, depending on the surgery that you're getting. The, the surgeons are getting pretty good at, you know, having minimal scarring, but um, for larger surgeries, what would be a six-inch scar could be a one-inch thread line <laughs> after using hyperbaric. Um, also, there's a huge reduction in pain. People that would normally um, take six months to recover are recovering in a little bit more than a month, and they're able to get back to work faster. So it's it's really interesting, and it's just breathing the oxygen. When when you go to the hospital for anything, there's any problems, or what's the first thing that they do? They put you on oxygen. So it's it's very interesting. So if someone has surgery and they're interested in using hyperbaric therapy for their recovery, would that be covered? Is that typically covered by their insurance company? It's not. There are currently 14 indications in the U.S that are covered by insurance. Um, a lot of those are gas gangrene, diabetic ulcers, carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, post-radiation injuries, facing amputation. Uh, what we do, we do a lot of indications that are not yet covered by insurance but are being used in other countries as mainstream medicine. So the hospitals probably won't treat you if you're just getting surgery. Um, but what we're called an off-label clinic, so we're a private pay clinic, and um, the hospitals charge insurance about fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars a treatment. We charge one hundred and fifty dollars a treatment. And how many and treatments? What a depending, depending on the surgery, um, most likely three to five treatments. It, it's really good to get a treatment before your surgery helps to prevent from any hypoxic tissues uh, tissues, and then you would get um, three to four after and you would want to come in every day and also if you're able to physically walk and come in the day of surgery after you're done the earlier the better. So we're talking about maybe a week or two um, was going before and after, and a significant reduction in recovery time and healing a lot better, basically. Absolutely. Ideally. So are there certain circumstances that somebody would not be a good candidate for the oxygen I, therapy? Yes, there are some relative contraindications. They aren't absolute, but there's something that we have to be very careful. Um, if you have COPD, or you had lung surgery in the past, the pressure may not be the best thing for you. 
Um, if you are on certain chemotherapy drugs, the treatment may cause some problems. Um, if you have a history of grandma seizures, it can actually trigger a seizure. If you're diabetic, you just want to make sure that you're controlled because one treatment can actually drop your sugar up to 100 points. And I think, I think that's it. <laughs> Other than that, it's, you know, it's pretty safe. And I'm sure you'll do a thorough intake. Absolutely. We actually, um, you would, patients would have to get cleared by our medical director, and he actually writes a prescription for the treatment. And I know um, when I talked with you while we were deciding to do the interview, you were telling me a bit about um, some of the cosmetic surgery where people aren't healing as well as they yes. thought they would. Yes. Some people are not, do not have the best circulation, and so they're just not – their incision continues to be swollen. They continue to be in pain. They continue to carry a lot of um, edema, and they're just – it's not healing right, and they may not be a smoker. If they are a smoker, then you have even a greater chance of not healing properly. So they go in for something to, you know – make themselves feel better and then they get the surgery and they feel worse than before. So um, that's something that hyperbaric is definitely beneficial for as well. If you have any kind of infections or there's bacteria, hyperbaric will kill that bacteria. So if you didn't know about it before, but then you're finding that you're not healing as well, hyperbaric therapy is a good option at that time as well. Absolutely. If you were to go before and after surgery, it's kind of a preventative thing. And um, But if you're not healing right, then it definitely will still help you. Sounds amazing. I do know, um, I, I mean, oxygen has so many beneficial properties. Um, you mentioned before some of the things that insurance does cover. Would you mind going over a few of those again, just some of the things that some of the other things other than pre- and post-op surgery um, that hyperbaric therapy is really helpful for? Yes. So for the insurance-approved indications, there's gas gangrene, carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, post-radiation injuries, and um, let's see, sudden hearing loss is one of the newest indications. Uh, What we treat In our facility, we do a lot of neurological indications like stroke, concussion, post-concussion syndrome, dementia. Uh, We have a lot of chronic pain patients with fibromyalgia, neuropathy, RSD, Lyme disease, uh, children with cerebral palsy or autism, um, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. It's really amazing all the things that the hyperbaric oxygen can help. It, it, it's really you're healing, you're helping the body to heal itself, and it's healing from the inside out. And the, the oxygen is being forced, you were saying, into the blood cells. Um, yes. Fully oxygenating them and, and repairing any damage, basically. Yes. Wow. And it's amazing to hear um, just, the range that you just said, like I know I know people have had fibromyalgia and it's frustrating because they can't really figure out why or how to fix it. 
Uh, yes. I know several people who have kids with autism and cerebral palsy. Yes. So it's, it's an, an amazing thing you guys are doing over there. Yeah. Tell our listeners. Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I would no, imagine okay. it would be very rewarding. Um, <laughs> how can our listeners contact you and your organization for more information? Um, you can go to www.hrhyperbarics.com or you can contact us at 757-452-3934. And once again, we were talking with Sarah Stoltman at the Hampton Roads Hyperbaric Therapy Center. Sarah, thank you so much for your time and for being on the show with us tonight. Yeah, thank you again for having me. Well, we've got that was a good show. That was a really good show. Yes, it <laughs> was. Thinking about all, oh, yeah, a lot of information, and I, I know how it shared with um, Reva back in the day because um, that the, the whole situation with the pumping parties—that's nothing new. That's back, like I said, right, uh, the early '90s. So just like each guest, just answer a lot of questions I had in the back of my mind. Great job with the interview, Shay. Wonderful job. Um, yeah. So, how did you guys? Anybody learn anything? Any anything that shocked you? I know that um, Reva's testimony, you know, really Ugh. touched a lot of people. It did. It, it yeah. really, it really did. Um, and you know a little bit from my my platform stance, I'm yeah. always encouraging of people that will share their story. They're not ashamed because it's mm-hmm. going to help someone. You know, someone has gone through what you're going through, but more importantly, someone's on the edge. They're right there. So if you can just reach out, share your testimony, you might be able to pull that person from the edge. And the only thing about Reva's story that just leaves an impression in my mind, you know, people think it's so unusual. I know there's a certain population that's just like, you know, it's vanity and, you know, you should be happy with the body God gave you and why would you tweak things. But let's be real. I mean, we all have looks in the mirror. There's things you don't like. And, they're, they're, you know, depending on what it is, that can seriously make you have certain issues. I mean, you can seriously feel like certain parts of your body are like a deformity. And for your own emotional well-being and for your own mental stability, you want to correct them. And I think within reason, there's no issue in correcting things. I, I've I've done, I won't say what, but, you know, I've had things done. Um, yeah. You can say by insurance purposes they were medically necessary. But, you know, I have things in the future I, I yeah. medically have to get done. But you can call it elective. I, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's to each his own. But yeah. I, I'm I'm so thankful for the guests that were able to come on the show and share the information because as we always say on let's face it if you're informed right you can make a better decision versus mm-hmm. if you don't know and no one exposes things and people aren't willing to open up and share you might make a decision that has a poor result because you really just didn't know so sometimes you know as often happens with our guests they'll say something that just makes you take that second thought dig a little bit deeper and it really has a benefit to you. Right. Guys, how did you feel? Any Anybody else felt anything uh, from our guests? Well, I know or, Cell Block 8. We are ex- I mean, we have been so motivated. We have been sitting here 
trying not to cry because, you know, we're trying to keep our masculinity up. But we have been so inspired by tonight's show, especially Reva. She really inspired us. A couple of them wanted me to get Reva to come into the facility, but I've already told them we cannot do that. Yes, she's available for hire. Not no more, Alicia. She's been delivered. No, 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 no. Not education, baby. Educational oh, education. hire. But you know what? Maybe you I'll speak what? to the word about education. Purpose. I don't know if they meant education. Let me, let me oh, ask okay. Them. Well, never mind. Never mind. See, you know what? Lord, we're going to pray for Nate. We're going to pray for Nate. We're going to pray for Nate. Lord, have mercy. Anyone else other than Nate's? <laughs> I, I enjoyed the show. Okay. Go ahead, Shay. Danielle, speak uh, next. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, I really didn't realize, like, um, well, you were talking about the parties and you mm-hmm. were talking about the parties. I didn't, like, I knew about, like, tattoos at houses, uh-huh. but I didn't realize people were doing, like, literally surgery. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and you know what? Like, a little background information on that is she alluded to the fact, but she really didn't um, expand on it. It was she's a showgirl, and, uh, and back in when was it, Alicia? We had Jasmine Bonet and Amelia Black, who are showgirls yes. in the um, female impersonation arena, and they get paid for looking like women, like glamorous women. Um, I'm not familiar with Reva as Jasmine. Jasmine, she normally did um, Janet Jackson. If you see her pictures, she looked just like Janet Jackson. Ooh, so yes, a lot of these parties were done by people who were in that showgirl arena, or. The occasional, we, I mean, there were heterosexual women who would hear that somebody was coming to town and would do it, but the bulk of the people were showgirls um, that were going in and getting their work done. Yeah. But, you know, too, I've, I've seen things when we were talking about uh, the show and researching for the show, there was mm-hmm. a big part um, in one of the Asian countries where women that especially were in the media, newscasters and things like that, mm-hmm. They were told to further their career. It would be better if their eyes did not look as Asian. Oh, yeah. So they had these little treatments where, you know, you can go in and get your eyes corrected. You widen that eye so you look more American. And, you know, some people might say, well, that's just stupid. But, no, what I'm talking about, can this person pursue their career? And this might make the difference between, let's say, you make $20,000 a year versus you can make forty, fifty, and on up. Now, yeah. for a lot more people, it doesn't seem so stupid, mm-hmm. you know. So, and to and that like story, think, I, I I know yeah. um, of a of a, a a previous friend who is a news anchor, and I won't say for where, but they told her 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 nose needed to be worked on because it was too wide, and if she wanted wow. to continue her career, that she needed to have her nose corrected. So she had to have surgery to um, make her nose not be so wide. In order to stay in her profession. Wow. That's something. Wow. That's something. Well, Mr. Nathan, he was um, entertaining us all. So, what is what is next week's show about? Well, you know, next week's show is about something I just recently got pulled over for. <laughs> oh, um, and I'm serving a couple of weeks. Is that why you're there here. tonight, Nate? <laughs> no, that's not why I'm there tonight. That's oh. another sentence. We're going to talk about that next show. Oh, okay. But okay. on next week, we're going to talk about For the Love of Pot. We're going to come from law enforcement, controversy, as well as consciousness and consumption. 
Oh. We have an author and Canadian activist, Hayoung Yim, uh, who is pleased to announce her highly anticipated release of her debut novel. This novel follows a young woman's journey on the path to becoming a stoner. Oh. I'm excited to ask her what that means. She wanted to write a book that was accessible and fun to read and that promoted responsibility, responsible consumption. I need oh. to ask her what that is as well. <laughs> oh, Lord. Miss Yim states that she learned so much about the substance over the years, so have I, both positive and negative, so have I. And hopefully <laughs> her readers will benefit from those lessons, and I hope that I will. So next week, please listen in so that you, you can know. learn something what Miss Yim has to say. And I will be on the show next week giving out some of my own advice, too. <laughs> Nate, um, uh-huh. in your quest to give out your advice, are you going to give out advice that will keep people from going to jail or that will send them to jail? Well, at least you're going to get both sides now. Some people want to go, some people don't. Oh, okay. Wait, okay, I'm trying okay. to get you where you want to go. If you want to get okay. now, I got All advice right. for that. If you want to get out, okay. I got advice for that. I can't seem to get out. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for life. You know, even though I'm getting too old for this. Wow. wow. But I'm here for life. Oh, okay. wow. You know, well, maybe he shouldn't be on the show. I mean, maybe he's going to learn some stuff that's going to keep him there. Hey, try to tell you. Okay. Try to tell you. Okay. Well, that that's going to be interesting because, you know, we do have a lot of the reform, um, marijuana. I, I, You know, there's a lot of things I thought Virginia went past. That mm-hmm. might be the next thing Virginia passes that blows my mind, but I, I don't okay. know. And, you know, th- there is. Kind of profit in there. I, I just want to throw out this question, and y'all can y'all can ding me later. Um, would anyone could anyone see themselves? I want to say, except for Nate, <laughs> actually owning one of those distilleries that offers marijuana if it was legalized. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. LFI marijuana. <laughs> what exactly? LFI pot factory. I like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I shouldn't. Have, I should have said, except for Nate and Will. Lord, why we gotta I put the best face at brand on the marijuana? Really? Hey, LFI is gonna be huge, baby. I tell you, Alicia, that's a good question. You know, I guess the word would be once it's legalized, because you know, as you know, I own one now. Okay, we're gonna go. To, are we going to a commercial? I, no. But we ain't going to call the law enforcement because I don't want you to get in trouble. Well, you're there already, so it don't make no no difference. Your sentence is already long enough. It'll just be a few more years. But I'm trying to get this concept. We'll, we'll put something. So we got LFI pageantry. We got LFI makeup and hair. We have the radio station. I'm trying to see how the consumption of pot could go with all the other entities. Because after doing all of that, you need something to relax you. I thought that's what the travel part was for. No, that's for vacation. You don't really relax on vacations, Alicia. But you know what? You normally have to take a vacation from what? Oh, my God. Now that you said, okay, brilliant. You know, I'd probably share too much on the radio station. That's what gets me in trouble. Um, 
I had an interesting my first trip to Jamaica. I, I, I I'm a former cruise person, love cruises. You know, wanted to go to Jamaica forever, found a great deal on Jamaica cruise, went to Jamaica. Great tour person, great uh, tour excursion. Now, y'all know Brown grew up like in a plastic bubble. Um, so there's a lot of things that was like, duh, duh, I don't get. Um, there was a Bob Marley excursion. Okay. I understand what the Bob Marley brand in totality represented. I love his music. I went on this excursion. I was blown away by the fact that openly were smoking marijuana. And they were smoking marijuana under signs that said it was illegal for you to smoke marijuana. But the feel was you were on vacation, so why not indulge? So, you know, the tour guide was very explicit, and he asked, are there any of you on this tour who don't want to participate? Of course, I raised my hand. I think one other person. And that's kind of sad because there was a whole bus of people, and we're the only two that didn't want to smoke weed. But anyway, we had to stay at the back of everything because it was so high everywhere. I went to the store. Now, I went to the store just trying to buy, okay, I want a little coffee. Oh, maybe I'll get a T-shirt. I put my hand for five seconds on the counter. My hand smelled like marijuana, which before this trip, I had no idea what marijuana smelled like. And let me tell you, it's not a pleasant smell. But anyway, so I, maybe weed and, and the travel agency could go along, as long as you make them go to Jamaica. And they told me that if you see a cop coming by, and I thought they were lying until they did this, if you see a cop coming and you're smoking weed, ask him for a light. And I'm going, you're standing under the sign. It says you can't smoke weed. He's going to arrest you people. And, of course, I'm standing in the back because I'm going to be the law-abiding citizen that says, you can't smoke weed. So I was in the back. The dude comes over. I'm going, they're going to get busted. Everybody's going to jail. I'll just find another bus to take back to the cruise ship. Do you know they asked him for a light, and he lit their, their joint right under the sign that said it was illegal to smoke weed. So maybe LFI could do that if it was legal, Will. I can see maybe this She went through all that. for Okay. She went through all, all right. of that. I was wondering what was the point of this story. You know, I was sitting here getting high. I'm asking you, I write books. In this story. I have to give you chapters. I write books. That's what I do. Okay. I have to line right. up the story for you, beginning, end, and then the chapters, then the conclusion. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Boo. You're welcome. I'll send you the bill. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, okay. Well, Alicia, do you have something that you want to tell us? I know I don't, Will. Are you all sure? my secrets okay. from this weekend, all my secrets from this weekend, I'm keeping with me. And okay. if I well, share any awesome. of them, that will be a whole future episode all by itself. Thank you. Oh, okay, perfect. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, make sure that everyone tunes in. It's going to be another great show next week. Um, until next time, I am your host, Will Strayhorn. This Danielle is Alicia Boo. Brown. Danielle <laughs> Boo. Nate Liz Garrett. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> yes. Yes, be <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information 
on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.